Monsters are as old as humanity itself. Monsters embody our fears. Yet, they help us define the boundaries of what it means to be human. We know most monsters aren't real. Yet, we can use monsters to learn about reality. Psychology, biology, folklore, literature, critical thinking. We're on a journey to learn about the world through the lens of monsters. And we hope you'll come along with us. Subscribe at monstertalk.org. Hey, it's Nate, the creator and producer of Unspookable here, to introduce our younger listeners and their grown-ups to What If World, a podcast I know you're going to love. Each week, Mr. Eric takes a what-if question from a kid and spins it into a story for everyone. Give this trailer a listen, and then go subscribe to What If World wherever you get your podcasts. I'm casting a spell on you, so you'll listen to Mr. Eric's podcast, What If World. He turns your kids' questions into stories. Questions like, what if a pirate and a ninja got along? Or what if a fairy turned into a giant? What If World is improvised stories for kids, with real lessons behind them. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I thought you were just a giant. Well, I got better. Okay. Soundington Media! The room is submerged in darkness. Your bare feet slap the cement floor, sending small chills up your spine. Urged on by strange people in lab coats, you walk to the center of the room. A chair sits empty, waiting for you. Climbing in, someone places a metal frame over your head, Attaching wires to your skin. People whisper in the dark all around you, waiting for the experiment to start. Unable to move or even turn your head from side to side, you wait in the cold chair for instructions. Hold this, someone says. You close your left hand around something soft and wispy. A lock of hair. The machine on your head whirs to life, flashing and beeping as your body pulsates with electromagnetic stimuli. Your fist tightens. And then all of a sudden, you're walking along a busy street. The sun is shining and a chorus of voices around you speak a language that you don't think you know. But then someone in a shop doorway says hello and asks about your family. You answer perfectly the words tumbling out of you. Looking down, your clothes, your shoes, even your skin are not what they should be. It's then that you realize your body is still in the lab, in that chair. But your mind? Your mind is now thousands of miles away, in the person whose lock of hair you hold in your left hand. Sound impossible? Maybe. Or maybe you just haven't yet heard about the Montauk Project. I'm Elise Parisian, and we'll be talking about this and some other government mind control experiments that inspired one of Netflix's biggest hits on today's episode of Unspookable. I think a conspiracy theory is, it's like a thing that people 
think in normally conspiracy theories are not true, but people, I must admit, people come up with crazy solutions to things. Like, there's some conspiracy theories where that happens, where, like, if you actually believe in it, it makes a lot of sense, but it normally is not true. I think conspiracy theories are just something that people maybe make to scare people or just like it's a general theory that they have about something that people can reflect on and compare their ideas to. Someone would make up a conspiracy theory if they needed attention or if they were bored and wanted to scare people. Did you know that when you were born, your brain was about 10% of your body weight? As you grow older and the rest of your body gets bigger, that percentage eventually decreases. For most adults, the brain is about 2% of body weight or less. But for its size, the brain is taking up an enormous amount of energy. Simply being awake, not doing any other activity, just sitting still, your brain uses about 20% of your body's energy. So that favorite meal or snack of yours a good portion of it is going to keeping your brain up and running. That's before you even think about the energy required to talk with your friends, or watch a movie, or play a sport. The human brain is a complex and mysterious organ. In addition to its sheer size and the amount of energy it uses, neuroscientists believe that one of the things that make our brains different from those of other mammals is its density of neurons which allow us to form complex associations for self-awareness, language, and tool-making. Our power to solve advanced mathematical equations, or imagine new stories, or invent complicated machinery, shows us that the mind itself, and our free will to control our own minds, is one of the most powerful entities on the planet. So, What if this power that we all have could be harnessed for someone else's wants? And what if those wants were sinister? From the most ancient times, humans have imagined all kinds of scenarios where our free will, or our ability to make our own decisions and control our actions, is taken away from us. We've talked about many creatures on Unspookable before, from vampires to witches to necromancers creating zombies who deal in mind control through magic. Across many tales of magical beings, one of the scariest qualities that we find over and over is the power to make people act against their will or act unlike themselves. It's no wonder then that as technology has changed, our ideas about who or what could steal our free will will have changed as well. What if it was possible to control someone's mind not through a spell, but through a chemical reaction produced in a laboratory? Or a machine that tapped into the brain's electrical impulses? It might have been this line of questioning that created the conditions for some people to believe the story of the Montauk Project. It began like this. In 1992, a guy named Preston Nichols released a book called The Montauk Project, Experiments in Time. The book detailed experiments conducted by the United States government at a research facility in Montauk, New York, 
a town on the far eastern end of the Long Island Peninsula, jutting out into the Atlantic Ocean. Nichols claimed that the no longer operational military base in Camp Hero State Park was once a hub for paranormal research. He also claimed that his memories of the experiments he took part in only began to come back to him after many years of being repressed by the mind control techniques he experienced during his time in the project. The book details the layout of the facility, the government employees and military personnel who worked there, and their equipment and procedures. Nichols claimed he saw everything from space-time portals used for world jumping, experiments in telepathy and mind control, and devices that successfully contacted alien life. So did he just pull all of these details out of thin air? Not exactly. We'll keep going deeper when we return. Some things that I've heard of is, um, I'm pretty sure it's a conspiracy theory. I have no idea if it's real or not, but um, like Russian sleep experiment where they kept people like awake for super long. And then people, there's like multiple variations of it. And the one I mostly heard growing up was um, they got powers from staying awake so long. And that's what it reminds me of. Like they were like moving stuff. I've heard of something that kind of reminded me of the lab that was in Stranger Things. It wasn't exactly along the same lines, but it was this place kept these people in a room for like, I think it was like three weeks maybe. And when they had gotten out, they were unable to breathe regular oxygen without passing out. And they were only able to breathe the same oxygen that was in that room. I am definitely surprised, especially about the mind control. Like, I've seen hypnosis, that is like, how does that work? I'm always thinking like, they're they're probably getting paid to act like it. But then I see some people in like, doing things they would never want to do. And I'm thinking, how? What separates a far-fetched fictional story from a conspiracy theory? Some people would say it's just a matter of how many people believe that story, or if they act on the information they think it provides. We've talked on Unspookable before about conspiracy theories, or the idea that events or situations can be explained by some powerful secret entity controlling them behind the scenes. In the days after Nichols released his book about the Montauk Project, people began to come forward, saying they too had similar experiences in that government facility at Camp Hero, that they too were survivors of the Montauk Project. Just as loud were the voices that dismissed their stories as conspiracy theory. After all, the United States government couldn't possibly have this technology without details getting leaked to the public. Could it? But that's the thing about conspiracy theories. They draw their power from a circular logic that feeds itself. Nichols and others can't prove what happened in the Montauk Project. But neither can anyone disprove it, which Nichols claims is because of the power of the U.S. government to cover up their work. As far as conspiracy theories go, 
the Montauk Project has connections to another supposed military operation, known as the Philadelphia Experiment. In 1943, during World War II, the U.S. government was looking for ways to avoid detection by German radar using electromagnetic technology. The story goes that not only did they succeed, but the technology they developed made the naval vessel, the USS Eldridge, completely disappear from the shipyard in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then reappear more than 200 miles away in Norfolk, Virginia. Some of the more terrifying accounts claim that crew members aboard the vessel at the time reappeared with the ship fused to the bulkhead or materialized inside out. Despite the fact that no one serving on the Eldridge would ever confirm this story, it spread widely. A movie was even made about it over 40 years later, which a guy named Al Bielek saw in 1988. Watching this movie, something just clicks for him. And all of a sudden, he is sure that he isn't who he has thought himself to be for most of his adult life. And who he actually is connects back to the Montauk Project. Bielek said that his real name is Edward Cameron, and that he and his brother Duncan worked on the Eldridge when they were in their 20s, and that the same technology provided the basis for the Montauk Project, which the brothers later joined. To prevent the secrets from getting out, the U.S. government wiped the memories of all involved in the experiment. One of the creations that both Bielek and Nichols, who wrote the Montauk book, claimed to have been a part of is the Montauk chair. The device used an elaborate helmet attached to the subject's skull to transmit electromagnetic waves that could transport the subject's mind into someone else's body. One of the eeriest parts of what Bielek and Nichols' stories about the chair is that they say most of the subjects were children who were orphans or ran away from home. Children the government believed no one would come looking for. The aim was to fracture your mind so they could program you, said Stuart Swordlow, who claimed he was one of the boys held in the Montauk Project facility. But program you to what? We should remind ourselves that no one has ever found proof that experiments on children of these kinds were done in the ways these stories claim. No proof of the Montauk Project or of the Philadelphia Experiment exist, that we know of. These projects are labeled as conspiracy theories to most people who encounter them. But there are two things at the root of these conspiracies that make them so tantalizing. We'll talk about those right after this. I've finished all of Stranger Things, and especially in early episodes, like, um, Eleven's introduced, and she comes from a lab that's studying her abilities. I've seen Stranger Things, and I feel like in the earlier seasons, it mainly focuses on Eleven's powers and what she can do with her powers and where exactly she's coming from. I have watched the Netflix series Stranger Things, and it is mostly about this thing, like this place, which is like the world but inverted with crazy creepy monsters that look like evil giant flowers with uh teeth on their heads so 
And yeah, and it's like it's a if when I think about it, it's a there's a lot of conspiracy in it and like like stuff like that. <laughs> Have you ever heard the word brainwashed? Brainwashing, like the terms mind control or thought control, refers to this idea that the human mind can be altered or influenced by certain psychological techniques. The term was first used in English in the 1950s to describe people who were under the control of their government, prevented from thinking critically or independently. You might hear it in reference to something more innocent, though, like if you watch a TV show or play a video game so endlessly that you're obsessed with it. Someone might say that you're brainwashed by it. Brainwashing can be referenced in relationships or communities as well. Like, if someone has so much influence over a group that the group follows everything that person says, sometimes referred to as a cult. After World War II, the governments of many countries were afraid, and rightfully so. Germany, Italy, and Japan, known as the Axis powers, had brought ruin and devastation to millions of people, not just in battle, but for innocent civilians as well. And the United States had responded by creating and detonating two nuclear bombs on Japan, the only time nuclear weapons have been used in human history. It was out of this aggression and fear that governments began to race to develop more weapons and more defenses against the next conflict. And one of those weapons for the U.S. government was mind control. But wait, you might be thinking, didn't we just say that the Montauk Project is a conspiracy theory? Isn't it just a scary story, even if some people believe it? As we often find on Unspookable, scary stories, even the most far-fetched ones, often have a basis in truth, even if they are then exaggerated or later used in untruthful ways. In 1953, the head of the Central Intelligence Agency, which you might know as the organization of spies that is part of the U.S. government, ordered the start of a project called MKUltra. In this project, people were experimented on against their will, using chemical substances meant to test the limits of the human mind. The researchers were trying to find substances that could do things like create memory loss, alter senses, or temporarily paralyze. It's unknown the full extent of this project, or its reach. Thousands of documents were destroyed by the government in the 1970s that would have at least partially revealed the activities of the project. It was supposedly shut down by 1977. But not without many innocent lives altered through forced participation. This is part of the reason why conspiracy theories like the Montauk Project so easily caught on. We do have proof, though not in detail, that our government and the governments of other countries have engaged in mind control experiments, even if they haven't been at the level of opening space-time portals. Our fears of being manipulated by those in power do have some basis in fact. Does that mean that all people in power or all governments are up to evil experiments? No. 
But as we talk about on Unspookable often, it's up to us to inform ourselves, to think critically, and to not blindly follow what our leaders deem acceptable. Because sometimes what is acceptable to them is harmful to ordinary citizens. The mind is complex, and the ways we influence each other, though they may not be as extreme as government experiments, need to be considered. How can we wield the power we have over, say, a younger sibling or classmate with good intentions and care? Or better yet, how can we share power and think critically together about how to be together, rather than simply decide that because someone is older or stronger or smarter, that their word should be followed? The truth is, it's not just our governments. We are all powerful. We have to continue to choose how to use that power and not give it away too easily. There is one fun, spooky thing to have come out of all of these stories of mind control experiments. Have you heard about the show Stranger Things? The working title of the show was actually Montauk before they changed it. That's how much inspiration it took from the Montauk Project story. Set in the fictional town of Hawkins, Indiana, during the 1980s, Stranger Things shows what happens when children and adults in the town discover that the nearby Hawkins National Laboratory secretly does experiments into the paranormal and supernatural, including those that involve human test subjects. The fan-favorite character of Eleven, a girl with psychokinetic powers, closely mirrors the type of kid that the original Montauk stories said was a secret test subject. Whether or not you're a fan of the show, mind control experiments have given rise to conspiracy theories and some compelling fiction alike. Looking at the wide range of stories out there, some being passed off as truth and some that do really have a basis in fact, where do you fall? Is this just the stuff of conspiracy theories and sci-fi dramas? Or is it possible that one day you could be stepping into someone else's shoes, literally seeing the world through another person's mind? Thanks for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Eleanor Riley Condit. Produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen. Special thanks this week to our guests Blythe, Bella, and Al. If you enjoy the show, make sure to tell your friends. You can leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice, or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find Unspookable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for a peek behind the scenes and for updates on the show. Unspookable is a production of Soundsington Media, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. 
Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now.